0: Hello and welcome to the We Only Read the Pictures podcast. My name's Mike and I'm Darwin. Um today we're we'll gonna be just going over films we've seen over the last few week or last week and we're gonna go into topic which is um, where should you watch films? Yeah, should you go to the
1: cinema? Is the cinema always worthwhile? You know, mm-hmm. and you know, television, Netflix, the rise of Internet viewing, etc. Yeah, etc. Et yeah. Okay, well let's just go straight into stuff we've seen in the last week. I think the first film worth talking about because I think it's probably my favourite film the, of the big releases in cinemas right now. Uh, Get Out. Yeah. Um, wonderful new horror film. Um, it's by uh, Jordan Peele, best known for Key and Peele, so obviously a comedy director. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's his debut movie. He's written and directed it. Premise is uh, a black man goes to visit his girlfriend's. Family Canada, and white, yeah, and <laughs> it's what it, the basic thing is. It's genuinely quite horrific in parts, mm-hmm. but it's a scathing satire. Yeah, it is a critique of the whole white middle class liberal voters, the people who are like, oh, the people who are like, oh, I have a black friend, I'm not racist, oh, I don't see race, mm. those people, and it's about how really there is problems within that, and it's all metaphorical it's all under the surface it's all cl- it's all about bending your expectations there's some killer twists mm. I was genuinely scared I think it's one of the best
0: American horror films in years mm. easily yeah it definitely had a very creepy vibe especially like in the first act and first half yes you're yeah, very creepy like when he was um, uh, talking with the family and when all the family friends came over there was just such a there was definitely a weird uh, sense in the air. Um, I think it's a, it's a really well-written film as well. Yeah, yeah it's just um, really sort of cleverly written. Um, I also sort of how how it looked visually. Like it's um, in the uh, I'm not sure how, how much we can give away. Um, There's certain things which are done very. Uh, how do we explain? You know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about.
1: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. There is one particular sequence that is yeah. visually. Yeah. Different.
0: Yeah. That I think I f it's a sequence I
1: think you're referring to mm-hmm. it most reminded me of Under the Skin. Oh yeah. Which Yes, yeah, that's perfect example. Which yeah. I would say is actually the last horror movie mm-hmm. that was better than this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um actually Under the Skin isn't really a horror movie.
0: But okay, it's n- a very good blend of horror and comedy.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not something that I was laughing out loud at. But there's clearly black comedy all the way through, yeah, and a lot of it is a lot of it is quite it's quite it's something you don't want to laugh at because a lot of the jokes are are quite race based <laughs> and it's almost it's weird to laugh at it, but you but, but you but if you think about it, you understand its point, yeah, and you know, I think the film's point is about race in America, it is about how it is about how race is becoming less of an issue for. A lot of people for say for the say white people, but it still matters to others. It it definitely has all that within it, mm-hmm. and at the same time, it's also genuinely scary. It's mm-hmm. genuinely thrilling. The ending is is a, is an ending for the for the years. It's a it's a mm-hmm. brilliant ending that um, you won't see some of it coming. I genuinely it, like, mm-hmm. I, I I went in and I thought I knew it was what it was going to be, and yeah. it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with it. I don't think it's flawless. Mm-hmm. It is a little formulaic. You know, if you've seen enough horror movies, you know exactly how it's going to sort of go. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has a couple of superfluous subplots. But in general, mm-hmm. like, I am so impressed. I think th- it's, it's the best horror movie since The Babadook, or since A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Mm-hmm. It's the best horror movie in the last in two or three years, and I think it's, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. go Go see it. Yeah, definitely see it. Um, okay, so which, the, the big thing, the big thing. <laughs> Which I wasn't
0: hyped for, but you were. Yes, Beauty and the Beast, uh, live action remake. Yes. Um, so I love the animated version, um, and I, I was hyped, but also was aware that it could just be terrible because it's sort of high expectations, and it could just ruin something I liked in my childhood. I don't think it ruined it, but I'm still a little bit disappointed. Um, Cast wise, I think Emma Watson was. Uh, I was very disappointed as in she was. no presence. I, it, she was
1: easily the worst part of the film,
0: I thought. I didn't like her at all. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I just. I don't know why. Yeah, she just didn't. I, I, I think that I don't, I don't remember anything. Her performance is just so forgettable, in my she, opinion. Yeah. To me, it felt like she just didn't seem to be there. She didn't seem
1: there on the screen. She had no presence. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And I think every time she had to get emotional, mm-hmm. she couldn't do it without it being. Very very simplistic. Never felt genuine, and I also felt that her yeah, singing, her singing never sounded right as well. Yeah, her singing—you um, can
0: tell it's auto-tuned, but so yeah, it's 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 not the best. It's yeah, and I just feel I think she's just too big for the role. Like the it's always a thing when you have a r- huge huge actress with a yeah. iconic role, and you can't get I just can't get behind uh, beyond the fact she's just Emma Watson. Yeah, that's, and I don't feel she's that, playing a character. All, all, yeah, <laughs> which is really.
1: Just, which is really stupid because mm. there is actually films Emma Watson has been in. Mm. Um, I would cite The Perks of Being a Wallflower mm. or The Bling Ring. as film which I don't think of her as, Emma's, as, as Emma as yeah, Watson. Yeah, she does play a good cat. Yeah, so character. you know she you can know, act. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not. But the, this was just disappointing. Um, I actually, I definitely like this film less than you. I just thought it was. I, I, I think it was too generous when I first saw it. Um, if anything, the more I think about it, the more I dislike it. I
0: think I still enjoyed when I was watching the film. I still enjoyed it. I laughed yeah. along. Um, it animated. was very enjoyable, that is true. Yeah, and I do feel my main criticism is that uh, I was watching, so section by section to, compared to the animated version, and I'm just thinking, I prefer the way it was done in the animated. Yeah. Like, from, from the, mostly with the, the songs, I, like, yeah. I just prefer the animated version. Like, yeah. And, I mean, in terms of the other cast, I think. Um, Luke Evans and uh, Josh Gad as Gaston and uh, LeFou were great. I quite like. Them. I thought they were fine, I didn't think they I thought. They were, I know, they didn't... Yeah, I thought they were quite funny. That's... I thought they... And I think, you yeah. can see Luke Evans in, enjoying being Gaston. It seems such a fun Yeah, role that's to play. true. Um, I thought the person who most... Imp- oh, there was someone who really impressed me back uh, then. Dan Stevens?
1: Please. Yes, Dan Stevens as a beast was mm. by far the most impressive thing. Yeah. The beast genuinely has a character in this film. He genuinely has a personality. And I genuinely thought the beast... Mm. This is a very, very, very tangen- t- tangential, mm. uh, tangential thing. But there's a point in it where the person he most reminded me of was um, David Boreanaz in Angel, the TV series, the Buffy spin-off. <laughs> because there's definitely an element of just like... Pettiness, mass beneath like a like a like a, a heart exterior, yeah. which I really was. I was surprised at how f- human and funny he made the beast.
0: Yeah, I um, I, I quite like. Yeah, they I gave him a bit more charisma, a little but, bit more. He made him a bit more like yeah. when he, um, and yeah, he he, he made jokes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have no attachment to Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't an animated film that I grew up with. In fact, I watched so in the in the run-ups so on the day before. I, so, two days before I saw this version, I watched the 1991 original and mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, fine. It's not the high point of Disney, but it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then the day after, I watched the version that's most acclaimed by everyone except the public. Um, I watched the 1946 French version of the yeah. story, which is by Jean Cocteau, which mm-hmm. is... I rec- I wa- and then I saw this version. And of the three that I saw in three days, yeah. this is easily the worst. What really struck me about it is it is... First of all, it's definitely a remake. Because it is definitely that 1991 animation, done. Mm. Because it has the same songs, all the bits of the story... Same costumes as well. Yeah, all the bits of the story they changed for the 1991 animation are are the same changes to here. The 1946 French version is by far my favourite of the three I saw. Mm -hmm. Because it was the only one that was actually like... It felt... It, it felt like it was about something and it was also the most... I, I really was charmed by it, and it had this very authentic feeling to it. The 1991 of it is just very much like, oh, kiddie movie, yeah, sing, 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 <laughs> sing. And this remix, like, not quite kiddie movie. The forty six one is just a proper fairy tale. It feels like a fairy tale in every right. way. If you're going to watch Beauty and the Beast, go for Jean Cocteau, 1946, best version of the film I've seen. Um... And I did not have any biases going in, I just watched all three back to back. I had no clue what was going to be best. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, my big problem with the 2017 version, for one thing, is it's 45 minutes longer mm-hmm. than a 1991 original. And you can feel every single one of those minutes. It is too long, too fucking long. They should have cut out half an hour of that film. It, they did not need to go to backstories of Belle, backstories of the Beast. They did not need to extend every action scene. They didn't need to extend every musical number. It is too long, too, too long. And
0: I was bored by the end of it. I wasn't bored by the end of it. I actually didn't feel the length as you seem to have felt it. Um, I didn't mind the backstory, personally. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know what else to add.
1: To that. <laughs> you just don't like the length. <laughs> I just was like, why have you made it this long? Unless I'm um, just to move on to the, because there's been some controversy about you and the Beast about this gay moment. Oh, this yeah. Right, that can go fucking die, because that is problematic in two ways. One, anyone that is offended by it and thinks it's bad that it's in a movie, mm. you're you a, bad person. You you're a bad person. You're a bad person. How dare go away? Yeah. Your opinions are invalid. Mm. How dare you be offended by this? Hmm. And on the other end, anyone that thinks this is a, mo- a great movie, a movie that's pu- yay for gay people, it is not that either. It's one little moment yeah. which... It is ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. It is not... It is, it is played for laughs. Hmm. And also, more crucially, it's played in the context surrounded hmm. by straight people. It's a thing of like... <laughs> Look, there's one gay company in this street. Like, no, 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 This is not a win for gay people. This is a movie in which they hint that one character may possibly, just maybe, if you interpret all his dialogue in one way, be gay. But it's a, it's That's not, not a win. It shows representation, no? That's what it is. Yeah, I'll give out that. Like, yay for representation. But you haven't actually, you haven't broken any barriers. No. You know, all you've done is you've found the most bigoted people in the world and gone, they get angry. Yeah, well, you know what? Those people who get angry, Let's be honest. Em. They added it in for press. Let's. let's yeah. 30%. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it's. I think it's. I'm pretty certain Bill Condon, the director, might be gay. Is he? I don't know. Actually, I hope. I, I actually I don't, I actually hope I'm right on that. I'm not certain. I think he is. Because didn't he make *I've Got a Monsters, Which is about gent whale. Can't remember. The gay director from the 30s. I think he did. Okay. Not sure. Anyway, move on. Uh, okay. So yeah. other films playing in cinemas right now. Okay, this one. Uh, this one, so I, saw, so I saw the Love Witch, mm-hmm. which instantly, 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 instantly enters my all-time favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. The Love Witch is brilliant. If you can, if you see a cinema playing the Love Witch, go and see the Love Witch. If the Love Witch is superb on so much, so many levels. Um, for starters, if you are a fan of old horror movies, you cannot miss this. You mm-hmm. cannot miss this film. Right. So the basic premise of the Love Witch is, it's about a woman who seeks a man. But she's a love witch and she uses spells to capture men. But Mm -hmm. then, you know, like, none of the men she captures are good enough. They're all, like, you know, right? And it's all, and it's all like this, it's all, about like, it's all looking at old movies through a feminist lens. It's about deconstructing them through that, through that think piece. Right. And so, and it's, first of all, it is a comedy in many ways. It's not, it is not entirely serious. Mm -hmm. It is very, very straight-faced comedy. Mm-hmm. there's a brilliant line where one character says to someone else, you know, like, oh, sounds like you've been brainwashed by the patriarchy, or some, some, some line like that, which is, like, and that, that's the tone of the film. The film is, like, the film is, like, openly just, like, over, like so overtly taking the mickey out of it, all of those things mm-hmm. that that's what it is. But it's really subversive. If you really like hammer horror, if you really like occult movies, if you really like... Anything, if you read, like, like sexploitation, sexploitation flicks from the 70s, mm-hmm. you'll love this. It looks like a 70s film, or a 60s mm-hmm. film. It looks like that style. It's all. Right. If it wasn't for the fact that they use mobile phones, you would think it was from, like, 1968. It looks really old. It's mm-hmm. full of really, like, creepy little things. It's not scary, but it is very funny. And there's, I mean, it's a little bit overlong. But it's a, it's a real gem. It's so indulgent. Like I just sat there. And I was just, I was like, oh, I've, I've never had so much. I haven't had so much fun in the cinema in ages. Right. It was so fun. Um, I, I wish I could see it again. If I if it's coming in cinemas again, I will see it again. Mm-hmm. It was great. I would thoroughly recommend the Love Witch. Mm-hmm. Also, if you like The Wicker Man, there's a great bit where they just where they just sort of walk into this medieval fair, and there's mm-hmm. just people like <laughs> wearing costumes on the side there going, oh Wicker Man. Uh, so it, yeah. it, it's it's great. So you say it's more funny than scary. You say? Well, oh, I. No. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's what it goes. One, clever. It's clever. Right. Then it's funny. Mm. And it's it's not, it's not it's not scary at all. But you know, screw that. Because first of all, have you ever watched? Have you you know when you watch like you know when you watch like a 60s horror film and it mm. isn't scary because yeah. like you watch a like, Hammer horror. Nobody watches like. Um, Lower watches taste the blood of Dracula and goes, oh, that's terrifying. Because mm-hmm. those things are dated. Those things, you know, like the level of blood is minimal. Mm-hmm. It's so like them that it isn't scary at all. But oh, okay. But crucially, it's really funny. Because it's taken the mick out of how all those movies treated women and how all those movies were about. I mean, I, I, I've read varying interpret. The one thing I really like about it is there's so many interpretations of it. I always read it. I watched it and thought, oh, this is just a pro-feminist, mm-hmm. anti-what those horror movies were. Mm-hmm. But at the same, we're being so in love with what they are, and saying, "Look, they, they were great." But here's how we could subvert them. So okay. That's about how I read it. Sounds definitely interesting. It's definitely a great film. I'd recommend it thoroughly. Um Another film playing in cinema. Not much to say on this one, but another film playing in cinema right now is an anime called A Silent Voice. Yeah. I went to see it the other day. I've written an eighteen hundred, a one thousand eight hundred word essay on Letterboxd <laughs> about this. Um, it was. It's interesting. It's, terribly written it's badly scripted it makes no fucking sense the characters are all over the shop right but it, I've never seen a film that's so cleverly animated it is full of metaphor it's edited like something Tarkovsky or Malick or Nicholas Rogue would do it's all just all over the place it makes no sense but it's interesting
0: yeah
1: is this the story or the premise is about a girl who can't hear was it? yeah the premise is guy bullies deaf girl yeah he gets bullied, he repents for his sins. Yeah. It's pretty... Like it, like, it ruins all of that potential that story could have, like, halfway, because it just goes, oh, we could be about mis- miscommunication and, mm-hmm. and sins and, and, you know, cycles and bullying. It could be all, ah, but friendship, friendship. But, ah, kill me now. Having said that, if you're an anime fan, I suspect you'll love this. Because although I have seen about 30 anime anime films, and I do think Japanese animation in cinema is the best uh, animated films in the world, uh, Mm. quite easily. I am not an anime fan, I do not partake in anime fandom, I am not one of those people. The people in my screening were clearly anime fans, they loved it. So I was indifferent, but other people loved it. If you're into anime, you'll love this. Recommended, I guess, for you. For me, as someone who isn't into anime, it was fine. Mm. It, It passed the time, it was too long but you know it's okay it's fine I've seen much worse uh,
0: so we went to see uh, The King of Comedy um, 1982 Martin Scorsese directed because of the re-release from is it BFI? BFI re-release yeah um, first time I saw it first um, so time for me as well it was also really This was just really funny <laughs> it, was, it was really funny uh, Robert De Niro's brilliant I love his character yeah. he acts so 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 well um, I just love how just Sort of idiotic, but sort of his determination to basic ideas. He's a com- he's a wannabe comedian, yeah. And he, by sort of struggle, he managed to get a chat with one of the biggest TV hosts, comedians yeah, yeah. of time. And he's just ah, uh, he, and he's just trying. He's you know, even though like we in the audience can tell that this uh, TV host is like trying to shun him away, and he's yeah. still going and going, like doesn't, uh, and it's all. He doesn't realise um, uh, that he's been. Um, that the, the, that the uh, TV host guy want, doesn't want anything to do with him. Um, I thought it was. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was, it was a really interesting way of looking at uh, his character trying to become famous and how yeah. far he'll go. Uh, to get fame, and it's another great Scorsese film. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fun. It, the, what's
1: weird about it is that it's both funny and deeply sad at the same time. Yes. Um, I, I do think it's it, it's definitely a very very strong Scorsese film, as as are all of his works. I've never seen a bad Scorsese film. Um, it's been far from my favourite. You know, I wouldn't been mm. about my top five or anything. Funny for, Yeah, it's,
0: um, yeah. I mean, it's low down in my Scorsese. Yeah, fairness, I think, but it's still really. I good. thought it was great.
1: Um, yeah, I think. Robert De Niro might, it's one of his, probably one of his triple of, yeah. of you know, like he had that he had, had, had Taxi Driver, Radiant mm-hmm. Ball, King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. They're his triple of best works, I yeah. think, and I think this is probably one of his three best, one of his top performances ever. It's really, really funny in many ways, mm-hmm. but it's very tragic. One thing I found interesting was that it's, it's kind of, so, so 1980, it came out in 1983, mm-hmm. of his random trivia fact, it premiered in Iceland two months before any other country. Okay. I don't know why, I don't know why. Because which is why when you go on IMDb, it's listed as a 1982 film. But it came out 1983 <laughs> in every country in the world, except Iceland. I don't- Do you know why, or? No, it's just listed as, like, IMDb trivia like, <laughs> it came out in Iceland too much like any other country. I'm like, I, why? I don't know. I, yeah, it makes sense I amazing. didn't
0: realise still, you've just told me Yeah, and I know, I'm
1: because it's the stupidest <laughs> fact I've learned heard this week. Like, what? <laughs> why? But, um one of interesting because it's, it's a 1980s film, and it's about fame. About you know meeting your dreams, it's actually pretty subversive because this is this is Reaganism. This is the era where all of Hollywood was about oh people could do anything, greed is good, you know, you know you. C- and this is actually a film about someone who really struggles. Who really struggles, and also like if he, like if he does make it, it's not positive. No. Um, I, so. I mean, how he became famous is pretty questionable. Yeah, it's pretty pretty. <laughs> darkly satirical yeah. like, I think it's pretty anti-Reaganism to some extent which is interesting um, given the time it was released given the time it was released I think it's probably the, most, might be one of the most subversive works in the 1980s I've seen um, the other thing of course is it has the whole thing of like so um, you know In the Red Shoes by Powell and Pressburg yeah um, when there's a fantasy sequence and the dream sequences, they look very similar and you can't really tell the difference. Yeah. King of comedy is the same thing. Yeah. Like they feel that, like their shot is after the same, they feel the same. Yeah. It's
0: very old school. Because I was confused about the fantasy sequence. I was almost. I, it's only, a, uh, it was only like a scene or two after I was, oh, actually, that was a fan- fantasy yeah. sequence. That was my little. I don't know, it's not an issue, a like, real big issue, but. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it definitely felt.
1: Signific- like to, it it definitely although it's obviously an eighties set film you can tell by so many stylistic choices it's obviously an eighties movie um, it definitely feels like it was shot earlier mm-hmm. like there's a lot of very static camera noise, a lot of camera doesn't move a lot of times that the camera just is still. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like something from the 30s or the 20s, you know, very old. It doesn't feel like an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Um, although it definitely is. It's just, like compared to Raging Ball* last week, which we saw, mm-hmm. which was all about fast camera work, fast editing, yeah. movement, 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 zooms. This was the opposite. Those, like, I, didn't, I don't remember any zooms, I don't remember, it's all different. It's all about slowing down,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which makes it, you know, interesting in that way. Yeah. So, Yeah. Okay, so I think that's it for basically stuff we've seen in cinemas. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, I mean, other films that we've just watched. So, um, okay, uh, I'll just go for one quicker that I watched. Yeah. So we talked about race earlier in Get Out. I mm-hmm. know film I watched about race this week is uh, Ali. Fear Eats the Soul. Yep. Uh, Nineteen seventy-four German film. Uh, so I so if you if, uh, you all know that I've been binging Werner Vernefassbinder. Yes. <laughs> this is my most latest Werner and It's my favourite one yet. Um, I might get through this guy's entire career before in the next year at uh, this rate. It's about a Moroccan immigrant who forms a relationship with an elderly German woman who's like sixty or something. And it's it's very melodramatic. It's very it's all about race. It's all about how the prejudice they face. It's all about dealing with that. It's interesting the 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 the, the it, it i would say if you like german cinema you can't go wrong with this it's probably one of the better ones from that time
0: period okay uh, that's really it right <laughs> um um so i finished watching a anime tv show called your line april uh, it's about 22 episodes long each about 20 minutes and it all centers around these a group of four teenagers about i think 13 14 years old two of which uh, whom are like Big big musicians like young prodigy, and it's just a beautiful visualization of of how music is played and sort of the power of music has yeah. on other people. Like when um, when some of the characters play music, the whole setting the scene because it's animation is just look it it changes to reflect what they're thinking or what they're feeling. Uh, there's a load of voiceover which has all very it's all poetic and you know what they and what they're um. What they're all, what all about their thoughts yeah. are going on, and it's it's also just it shows like well, a lot of the things like who they play for, what's their reasoning to to play. So some people, some of them have like there's a person they're they're playing towards, and like, am, I, am I am I reaching this person? Yeah, and it's just it's such a lovely way of, sort of looking at music. Um, also, there's is the music shown visually or is it entirely sound? A uh, sound and it's is visual in the sense that. So when he won the this is the main character what he struggles with the because sort of before the TV show happens yeah. he was a big project and then he just came back uh, sort of it comes back like two three years ago and then but then two three years ago he had an instant where basically he can't hear the notes okay so and there's then he's sort of encouraged by one of the other four characters who he meets at the beginning of the series yeah. to come back the other musician. And this just, is just when he plays, and he starts playing, and then he stops hearing the notes. Yeah. Then it has. Oh, I can't really. I don't want to okay, say yeah. what it is, but yeah, yeah. it basically. Yeah. It is the whole setting, like where he, where he's performing, it changes completely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and there's also there's a lot of backstory in that as well of um, those characters because um, uh, three of them grew up together when they were uh, young, so you have a lot of how they felt about each other when they were sort of when they were young kids and how that, and yeah. how that reflects to the current episode. So and some of it is really really sad and there's just, yeah there's a lot of really sad stuff. <laughs> have
1: you have you read the manga or seen the N- film? No, I've not read the manga or the film, but so you, yeah. Okay, so but, yeah. I mean, I I have no experience with this at all. So mm-hmm. do I, so is it so is it sort of like um, so 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 it's twenty-two episodes. Is that, is it
0: twenty-two it's, episodes? Yeah. So it's
1: quite a long story
0: then. I yeah, guess. it's sort of weirdly split into two. Well, it's it's according to Netflix It's on Netflix, by the way. Um, oh okay. Yeah, Netflix UK. Netflix UK. Um, it kind of almost feels like two seasons because the opening intro changes like halfway through. But it's the of one season on Netflix for some reason. That um, might just be Netflix being done. Yeah, pretty probably, terrible. Yeah, probably is. But I mean, it kind of it feels like one big story. Um, yeah. Yeah, it kind of. Hmm, I'm trying to think. What was the question actually? <laughs> you were gonna ask or just Oh
1: yeah.
0: Because uh, I sh- I of how long the. Story well, yeah, well, is, is
1: it, yeah, is it, like, it slow pace? Is it like? Um, or does it not, have like a it, lot happening?
0: It is, ha- thing is, actually, is what it is. Like I wouldn't say it's that slow pace. Like you have like a few episodes, like three or four episodes, that all run to get in real time. Okay. Like, from like follow on from one to the other. Yeah. So it's, that's so it has, which is quite strange, but and then it kinda of jumps a bit. But yeah, it goes over up, I think around a year is probably the time frame of it, roughly, I think so. Anyway, tw- yeah, twenty two weeks if they're broadcasting it might be like Yeah. They
1: tend to broadcast things in seasons, don't they? So
0: it'll be yeah. like, it feels like roughly a year, um because there is a lot of that. especially yeah. in the second season it kinda it doesn't dip so the first season's really, really well, first half of the supposed yeah, season yeah. is really, really strong. Second season's also quite good, but it does sort of have three or four episode chunks of different sort of arcs different subplots which aren't that interesting and it kind of leaves one which leaves the most important one in kind of in the background and it only sort of rushes back towards it towards the end so oh, okay. a little bit of an issue but overall it's great uh, I recommend watching it personally <laughs> fair enough I have heard good stuff for other people about it mm. so yeah,
1: I mean, like I, 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 I don't know how to compare to other anime shows because I don't watch anime shows. Mm. I don't know if you have any. Well, I've
0: been watching a bit of Tokyo Ghoul, but that's quite very different type. That's all about ghouls in Tokyo who eat humans. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so quite bit of different.
1: I mean, anime. I'm no expert on Japanese television. I like Japanese cinema. I'm all good with mm. But Japanese TV. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I couldn't oh. talk about that very long. Mm.
0: Okay,
1: other thing I watched. Um, was the most horrific experience of my life. I watched the Wicker Man remake because someone bought me the DVD as a joke gift. So I felt obliged to give it a watch at some point and the rest of my DVDs I didn't really feel like watching. So I thought, okay, throw it in. Uh, If you don't know, Wicker Man Man, 1973, one of my favorite movies. One of the Mm -hmm. best ones ever made, one of the greatest horror films ever made, one of the greatest British ones ever made, one of the best ones about faith ever made. Across the board, masterpiece. Love it, love it, love it. I've seen it yearly for like 10 years. Love Mm -hmm. the original. This version, terrible in every way. Do not watch, avoid. It's, it's become so much of a meme that, it, that, that people know this film more than the original. I've had conversations where I say, I've seen The Wicker Man, or I love The Wicker Man, and they go, really? And I go, yeah, I mean, I love it. And they're like, really? I thought it was trash. And I, mean, and I go, no, I mean the original, not the remake. And they go, oh, it was a remake. The fact that, that conversation exists <laughs> makes me want to hit somebody. That shouldn't exist. This, like there's a, there's a masterpiece out there. Never watch the remake of The Wicker Man until you've seen the original. Mm-hmm. that's it like
0: mm, end of story okay <laughs> go on yeah I'm, I'm not sure I have much to learn. I haven't even seen the original so you should do it. I really should do yeah I will <laughs> um, so I'm going to move on to next one which is Me Before You which is romantic comedy uh, released last year stars Amelia Clarke and Sam Claffin and basic story is Sam Claffin is uh, the uh, young guy uh, who. Has a tragic accident, um, becomes disabled and uh, basically can't move uh, his arms, legs, blah blah blah. blah. And Mia Clark comes into his life as his carer. She's just you know sort of poor, sort of poor girl from from you know, relatively poor family, and uh, you know you can probably guess what happens. <laughs> yeah. Later. I mean I I really do like enjoy it. It's the fourth time I've actually seen it. Fourth. Which, fourth. Yeah. Was the third. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, I see. Three times cinema, which is not sad. Thanks. I saw it this week with m- with my girlfriend. Um, I think despite it having a pretty predictable plot, and it's got a bit of cheese and cliches. Yeah, it is still really fun to watch. It's really enjoyable. It is funny. It has great humour. Um, and it's characters are lovable. As in, uh, Emilia Clark is lovable as Lou, her her character. She's just warm and um. And I'd say, regards to the drama, which is not done as well, probably. Um, I still like the way it's done. I know some people can disagree, all they want, because. But I, I definitely regard it as a weak part. I watch it because of the comedy, because yeah. I, I, love, and it makes me happy, and I, and I still laugh. I still laugh at the jokes on the fourth re- on the fourth watch. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's also got some nice music, uh, some Ed Sheeran, if you like that.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm putting it in different details. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, like, I should never get on this, because you really, really like it. I need to watch this, I think, at some point. I don't think
0: you'll like it, though. I suspect you'll get frustrated. Probably. When, I reckon you will. It's like, on Netflix. There's very get.
1: few romantic... I mean, I'm not, like, I actually quite like a good... Uh, let me think about this. There's some rom-coms that I think are, that I genuinely like. <laughs> But the thing is, uh, when I say I like a rom-com, people go, oh, really? And then they name, like, generic and that. Like, the rom-coms I like are always stuff that, like, no one else thinks, no one else gives a fuck about. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I like Punch Drunk Love. Oh, that 2002 Mm -hmm. art film. Well, yeah, it's an art (laughs) film, but it's also a rom-com. I'm like, oh, I have a, you know, like, so I feel like people, I feel like I'm definitely, like, not into mainstream rom-coms in any way. But I I will maybe watch this. So I
0: reckon you probably won't like how the drama's done, I reckon. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will, it does look very predictable. <laughs> it is predictable. Like, I like half, like even before that, like I knew exactly what the ending was gonna be. Like, I don't know twenty, thirty minutes and in, I'm like, I, I, I. I, I there's like a, one bit of plot point, like Okay, I see where that's gonna go. I'd yeah. be surprised if they're are alive by the end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but obviously, that's not say. Um, yeah, other things I watch. I watch another piece of trash. I watch Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. remake because.
0: How I does it compare with the original? <laughs> the
1: fact that There's yeah. any comparison. It's, so, it's got the same title. Yeah, it's it's garbage. <laughs> I like Tim Burton makes two. Co- I don't like Tim Burton. Like I get that he's very appreciated, and I get that some people like him. I am very very indifferent towards him. I do not have a particular. Fondness towards his works. Mm-mm. To me, he seems to make two kinds of movies. He seems to either do, oh, look, I'm a goth, I'm a goth, quirky, 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 I'm a goth, I don't mm. need to add any substance, just need to be a goth. Yeah. That's type one, and I'm like, fine, I can live with that. Yeah. think you're quirky as fuck, I need to calm down, <laughs> but sure. And then alternatively, he goes, you know that piece of pop culture you like? You like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? You like Alice in Wonderland? You like Dark Shadows? You like Planet of the Apes? I'm going to remake it! And I'll put Johnny Depp in it. I'm like, oh, fuck. that. <laughs> no, um... At least Planet of the Apes doesn't have Johnny Depp. Yeah, I was about to say, it. does have Mackie Mack Warburg, <laughs> which is n- not an improvement. Um, he's fine. Um, never, ever watch this because there is eight other Planet of the Apes related movies and mm. seven other, sorry, and every single one is superior. Even the most trashy of those, which would be Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever watch this version. Okay. It sucks. Okay, <laughs> I won't watch it then. <laughs> yes. Please don't. <laughs> Not until you've seen the others, at least. Yeah. Even so. <laughs> even so.
0: Like, you can skip this and the world would be a better place. Okay, so I, uh, the other day, I saw uh, Tangled, which okay. is the um, the first of the Disney, just the Disney uh, CGI animation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also the most expensive animation film made, I think.
1: Well, I, I think you I no, think are right. I think it is. Think right. yeah. think it
0: is. Um, it's, it's fine. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's a pretty standard um, Disney princess film, you know. She's trying to find, you know, trying to story where she's trying to find herself, meets a, meets a guy, goes on an is,
1: adventure. Is it a standard? I heard it was quite empowering. Like, the princess actually had stuff to do and it like actually was like not just, like, a love interest. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, like... Uh, but some, I haven't seen it, to, just
0: to fact. No, fact. yeah, she does do stuff. And, yeah, she... Um, yeah, no, it's not, like, t- just, like, really traditional, like, where... Yeah. so it does nothing um, no it's, I enjoyed it I like, it has some fun character dynamics um, some parts were really nicely animated yeah um, uh, yeah but it's sort of I'd say in comparison to it's I'd say it's better than Frozen but it's not as good as Moana that's where I put it roughly okay but fair uh, enough in, I, I, in the I think Disney. Moana's great and Frozen is meth so. so yeah it's, it's kind of in, it's in that middle profile yeah okay. it has some decent songs as well well as in the songs are decent for Disney, which is still pretty okay. Generally.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I mean, I definitely, I definitely might have like a shriveled heart of darkness because, <laughs> hey, come on, no, but um, because um, I definitely. Disney doesn't do much for me. Like, yeah. Disney is just fine. I don't dislike Disney. I've never mm. seen a Disney movie that I've been being like, "Ugh, this sucks." Mm. Except for the like directed video garbage. Like, there's proper proper films. I've never seen one. That I'm like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. But I've never seen one that I'm like, oh yeah, this is perfect. I want to watch it every day for the next twenty years. Never mm. like they're all. But I hear all the time from people that they're brilliant, and mm. I've never had that experience. Okay. But I feel I should move on to just like um, what we want to talk about. All right. Cool. So. Where should people watch films? How should you watch a movie? If you want to watch a movie. So we were just thinking of options beforehand. And we were like, well, you can go to the cinema. Yeah. You can watch it on your... Buy Blu-ray or DVD. You can watch that. You can go on Netflix. That Prime fine. or any other video on demand. BFI player. You know, mm-hmm. artificial eye. If you're in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pirate them nowadays. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch them on television. Yeah, broadcast. Yeah. yeah, or on like capture on BBC iPlayer. Yeah. And we were thinking is there any what's the what's the best place to watch the film and if it, there's one answer the cinema yeah like <laughs> obviously if you can cinema is best yeah um like I mean in the, 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 the reason the cinema is the best I think is, is multiple I think one it is the most pure version of a film you're going to watch because there's no distraction. You're in a cinema, there's a big screen, there's loads of sound. In a black room. Yeah, nothing else. There's no distract. no one else is talking, there's nothing else to distract you. You're in- that's it, you're going to just watch a film. Mm. You get the pure experience.
0: I think it's also the audience. Fact right, well. But
1: secondly, you, if it's going to be communal. If it's a comedy, everyone laughs. If it's a mm. horror, everyone jumps. You mm. get the communal aspect of it. Mm. Everyone can interact. You get the sense, you are in, you are one of many. It's a thing,
0: it's a... Mm. It. That is why it's worth seeing in the cinema if you can. Um, I think there's also a sense of how a theatre or cinema uh, looks like if you include the seat floor plan. Like, especially if you're in the back and you've got that yeah. sense that you can see the audience and, and, and the, obviously the screen. I quite like that. Sort of thing. Yeah, you're kind of looking down on people. No, not looking down yeah, on no, no, people. No, no, but right. just how yeah. it looked, like, sort of, visually how it looked, you know. You can sort of, how it's sort of structured in a way.
1: There's definitely aspects to it. I mean, I, I definitely don't, I definitely understand there's problems with the cinema. One, it's too expensive to the quality of films is mixed, oh, you know, you, often, you might not know whether or not a film is going to be good before you go see it, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and it is expensive, and it is often not worthwhile, you know. I, I get why people do not go to cinema, and I get why cinema mm. audiences are declining. Mm. Um, I, I do think part of the problem is the declining quality of the films that they show, um, mm. and I do think part of that problem is that they are increasingly showing films, which... Really, all these cinephiles care about, or mm. they're just very, very brainless mainstream action movies. Mm. Um, so yeah, I do think there's problems, but in general, I mean, if you like, and the other thing across the nowadays cinema, there's more than just, you, like they do like, um, well, we like, will go to cinema in more detail. Let's just, run mm. of other things. Okay. So like, like, I mean, like, if you're gonna, if you don't, if you can't
0: see a film in the cinema, where do you watch it? Um. Well, check if it's available on Netflix first. Okay. <laughs> it depends, like, if it's a film I. Yeah, if I'm just like, Yeah, if it's available on Netflix, I it, it go, depends on, one, what's the cheapest yeah. option. Yeah. Uh, I rather watch it on. Depending on what it is. I tend to rather watch on a screen, like um, at home, like a t- TV big screen. TV big TV screen. Big TV screen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it depends on the type. In terms of if I didn't have Netflix and, I, t- try to avoid pirating. Yeah. Generally, I don't really like doing it personally. Yeah. Just Just. Um, I don't know. So I just generally, generally avoid it. I mean, I'd only pirate, re- I just, yeah, generally I'd just start a pirate, but if it's film which is, I know it's shit, and yeah, I just want to, I'm not going to contribute more money to the studio or whoever, it yeah, it's, I mean,
1: and, um, yeah. I mean, my, my I'm experience with watching movies is pretty simple, um, if it comes to mainstream stuff that I think is generally widely available, so anything big, anything recently released, most American films, most Hollywood movies, those sort of things, mm-hmm. um, I would rather not pay for them because if they're big and they're from a big studio, Disney don't give a... F- Disney ain't gonna lose much if I don't pay for it. Like So in those regards, I'm fine with just like Netflix. I would never buy my DVD. I'd always, like, if it's not an Netflix, I'll watch it. If it's not Netflix, I'll pirate it. You know, or something. Or I'll watch when they're on television, which, you know, is fine. Yeah, that's fine. Or it, But I wouldn't go out my way to watch them. My problem, the big problem I have is when you watch something like... So, like, earlier when I watched, like, Ali, Theories sort of German film, mm-hmm. I can't find that on Netflix. I can't find it on DVD. Yeah. Because it's an obscure German film. Mm-hmm. So I had to pirate it. Mm-hmm. And the worst problem, actually, is that often, actually, what happens is films... Sometimes I watch films that are obscure and they're not even available to pirate. Mm. I try to watch... Other films like Fastbinder mm-hmm. and I couldn't find them. They like, don't like they don't exist. Like you know, mm-hmm. other pirate sites don't have them. So then I had, so then I had to, so I, so then I buy the DVD because DVDs tend to exist, even mm. if they're um, expensive. So which is I then don't buy them. But you know, so like I think it depends on costing. If you can, if for, for, for smaller foreign stuff, I think you should always try and pay because they need the money. Yeah. Big stuff, I don't give a crap. I will and, pirate the hell I out of it. I feel
0: now. it's like if I really want to see some, I would like to pay. Personally,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, is, like, if I, if I think a film is deserving of money be- before, if I reckon the film's going to be deserving of money, I'll pay for it. <laughs> um, if it's not going to be deserving of money, I won't. Um, and if it's hard to find, I will. I mean, I try. I try not to pirate foreign films because I do think that they don't get enough exposure, and I would like to give money towards the various studios. Yeah. I mean, like the like. I'm currently subscribed to the BBC, not BBC, the BFI player, yeah. which gives me access to plenty of um, foreign and obscure films from uh, the BFI archives, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't get if I was subscribed to Netflix or Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that um, you, it, it's harder to find those little, little films. But if you, but in general, always like high quality, big screen best. Mm-hmm. Television is always number one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Laptop, I can live with. I will never stoop to phone or tablet. Doesn't no. doesn't seem
0: right. Um, I mean, some tablet I don't mind sometimes. although I don't watch them. I I still have a few films on my ta- on my iPad. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's okay. Like if I'm if I'm on a train. Yeah. Say, it's when you're on the move. It's quite it's quite convenient. Yeah. Um, Laptop, it's kind of nice if you're like in your room, like sitting on your bed and you just want
1: to watch something yeah. go to sleep. I feel that's quite nice. I mean, the, f- the thing I have to find is that like, um, if, the t- if someone's using the TV, like someone's watching the TV, I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm using my laptop. I can do that, like yeah. that's fine. Um, but if given the choice, I would always go to television because big screen. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, yeah. even if, it, even if, we co- even if I can't even and get sound it. sound as well. Yeah, sound. sound. Yeah, because also when I watch on my laptop, I tend to use headphones. Because if I watch it from my laptop, I don't want to like inconvenience people. Mm-hmm. So, so I have headphones on. Um, so that's Jits, which is also which I mean is not as good as surround sound yeah. or big uh, big sound which you yeah. get um, do you think you could also
0: depend on the type of film you watch to some extent like if you're comparing to like I don't know watching a big big action film which is all spectacle um, that may be a bit more suited not super like uh, to watch on a big screen than I know something a bit more of a smaller drama. I,
1: I, I've heard that I've went a lot from a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people go, yeah. I like to see spectacle on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I like If I'm going to watch a big action movie, then that'll be the reason I go to the cinema. Or Because or I, I think that's, that's what a lot of people do. Right. That's, yeah. And that's, if that's how you see it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I have not had that experience. Mm-hmm. To me, spectacle is spectacle. Mm-hmm. And if it looks good, it'll look good on any screen. Um, I don't... I want... I don't... I'm not... I, I think to me that's... To me, I mean, this might be me, but to me, big action scenes are not my... I'm not the reason I buy a ticket, generally. Yeah. Um, you just see the film. <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm not fussed about seeing a big action scene on the biggest screen possible. Like, I, in, apart from the general just that I like to see all my films on the biggest screen possible, no more than a drama, would I say, for an action film. Because
0: that could also feed into whether you choose to... If you are going to buy, buy either the Blu-ray or the DVD... Because I know some, some people will only well, buy Blu-ray if it's a big action film, because obviously yeah. how it looks, and you know, don't really bother it, buying Blu-ray if it's just... If a,
1: that's uh, how you see it, that's how you see it. But mm. I think every film's improve, improved in HD. I, think, mm. I don't think action movies are improved, as, as, as percent-wise, I don't think they're... If, if a normal movie looks 10% better, so does an action film. Mm. I don't think it really changes for me. But I get that other people have that. I disagree, and that's mm. fine. I'm mm. not saying otherwise. But to me, I just think if you're a good drama, you know, like mm. anything, when when it's clearer, when it's crystal clear, and it's large, like it just it gets you more. Like the larger mm. it is, the more it works.
0: There's always something special about the sim- big cinema. Yeah, and also. I do.
1: And one thing also is. Um, it's like so, now you get like re-releases, uh, especially even by the BFI. here we're plugging yet again in this in this uh, episode. Yeah. Um. That you like? Well, like we're watching Scott early in the cinema mm-hmm. right now. But I've seen Barry Lyndon in the cinema. They're doing yeah. Mulholland Drive in a few weeks' time, which we need to see. They're doing a few others. They're doing a lot of Jack Nicholson. I think. Yeah. 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 Chinatown and one film Shining as well. Shining. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. But um. Yeah, BFI, re- I think re releases are a really good scene in the cinema. Because yeah. you, ne- you won't see them in the cinema very often. They're old mm. movies from like the 70s, 80s, 90s. You know, if you're going to see them, see them in the big screen. Cause, mm. And also, because it's a re-release by the BFI, the BFI have cleaned up the print. They make it look mm. spotless. It's been remastered. Yeah, it? the king of comedy looks so good. It looked like a modern movie, mm. aside from obviously the whole 80s aesthetic. Mm. Which, as we already discussed, is actually like a 20s aesthetic. But yeah. um, the whole point is that like, it, it, it feels really, really good to look at it in. Yeah, uh, I I mean, another
0: example actually uh, is the Beatles documentary because uh, when I saw it, uh, they added on extra, a remastered of I think one of their performances in, in when they were in America. Yeah. That, is this uh, the Beatles 8 Days of the Beatles, like, Week? Yeah, this documentary, yeah. Um, and my, because my, I have a mate who's a big, big Beatles fan and you know, he said like, he knew what was everything in the documentary but he loved the, uh, uh, the, the performance because of the sound quality because mm. you don't get that sound quality um, this is why
1: documentaries, documentaries need to be seen in the cinema mm. uh, People are pretty sniffy and don't go see them But like honestly like, Documentaries are what does it doing in the cinema You know Like, I, I, like that's, how, that's how it is so, um, Okay well let's just move on to Current gimmick let's say Or trends <laughs> or, or things that are moving forward For the cinema Yeah To try and make the yeah. cinemas What they're doing 3D for the um,
0: No <laughs> Just straight up no in my opinion I don't think it's a straight up no. I think 3D can be great when it's used perfectly right but when I first saw it, 3D was in was Avatar, yeah, the first big proper 3D film, and that was incredible. It was experience like nothing like else. But I, so I feel it's if it's filmed properly, because obviously in, in Avatar they filmed they filmed certain scenes because to show off the 3D. That's what they. I mean, the the key thing was that they filmed with 3D cameras. But there, but there were certain scenes that were. Uh, they're just to show off like things. Yeah, like, yeah, things, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But
1: but what I was gonna say was they. And, they and it wasn't converted. Yeah, that's why. Because right. I, mean. I was like in twenty ten, mm. they just they developed a editing technique which allowed them to post convert into 3D. Yeah, that's fucking shit. And <laughs> films did that. So loads of for most films now do that. And the reality is, filming in a three D camera is different because a three D mm. camera has mm. two lenses and it crosses over, and you have a little bit. Of the, you, you know, it's different. You film. You have to think about what you're doing with a camera, yeah. whereas when you're not, you just film it normally and don't, and then think afterwards how to make it into three D. Because
0: just The converted Conver three D just doesn't look three D yeah. at all. It, it really. Here's a thing. The
1: thing. It isn't more immersive, It is the end of the day. People say it's more immersive. It, the truth is it isn't, because if you go there and the story is bland and boring and you don't give a fuck, mm-hmm. you will not enjoy the film, regardless of how it looks. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there's only so much action you can have before the 3D becomes boring. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Avatar... The certain films that have used 3D perfectly. Avatar, you know, Gravity. Gravity, and of, yeah. But here's the thing about all those films. right? Avatar, Gravity, Life of Pi, mm-hmm. Yugo. All those that have really claimed the use of 3D. Mm-hmm. You can watch them all in 2D, and the film is no worse. Um... No, I think the experience is different. Yeah, I agree, it's different. Yeah. But I don't think the film's worse. I, I think Gravity was just as good in 2D as 3D. I've seen both versions. I've seen 2D on television screen, 3D in the cinema. Mm-hmm. I liked it as much both times around. Avatar, I've seen 2D and 3D. I like Avatar mm-hmm. perfectly fine in both versions. Mm-hmm. I, think, I mean, I think Avatar is not great, but I didn't think it was great on the song in three D. The only difference is the three D is a different is a different experience. I will yeah. grant you, and this is why people go to the cinema for experiences. Mm-hmm. But three D is now so prevalent, it's become diluted to be not a, not an experience anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. You shouldn't see anything in three D because it's a waste of your money. No, no, almost no film artistically uses it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see a film in three D, you should see if anybody's talking about the three D because mm-hmm. the one in the the one in fifty movies where people talk about the three D nowadays is the only one one in every fifty that's worth seeing in three D. I cannot name the last film I can think of which was worth seeing in 3D. Maybe Gravity. Yeah, Gravity is better, yeah. And that was 2013. Mm-hmm. It came out in the UK October 2013. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 3D, no. Not the future. It's dying out already. It's already yeah. a gimmick. You can
0: see in the similar
1: listings it's just going pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. exactly. Like It's like it's like the end of Rome where the Colosseum Colise- should have got more ridiculous. Yeah. They're just like, it's, yeah, it's just going.
0: So, what about IMAX? Uh, yeah. So, is, is I, of I've got, <laughs> so I've gone to IMAX a lot of the time because that sh- uh, when I lived back at home, uh, the uh, Waterloo IMAX was actually mm. one of the easiest cinemas for me to get to. Yeah. Um, and for certain films, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Things like, uh, I re-watched Interstellar when they did an IMAX re-release and that was incredible. Yeah. That was absolutely incredible. Su- just the sheer size of, I think it's like the height of four double-decker buses or something like that. Yeah. The size of it in... And obviously, you know, it says it's all about, you know, it's like, oh, I saw Gravity as well in IMAX. That was those, really those are the two films that you should def- definitely IMAX, IMAX, IMAX watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think, obviously, for certain films, it works. Obviously, if film's not got any bit filmed in IMAX, then why bother? Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's definitely, and it, it's incredible with the, s- the screen of that size. I- yeah.
1: I'm not sure where the future of cinema, because that, because... It, if people are going to cinema only to see spectacle,
0: mm. IMAX will be yeah. the ultimate way to see spectacle. Plus you see more of the um, screen because obviously you get the X, ex- it adds some more to the screen doesn't it? Yeah. Like lengthwise. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan who is who is essentially the only filmmaker who makes blockbusters and never does 3D, I mean Interstellar was not made in 3D. Mm. Yeah, can you believe that? Look, like, people, people are like, oh I need 3D. Yeah, oh yeah, because Interstellar, that film was so yeah. not immersive. I was starting to tell her being like, oh, Acted in these space scenes guys. If I all do- it was in 3D. Before I, do- I could see Buffy McGonna's hellboy face close <laughs> up, Adam, I do I feel Nolan. better.
0: I do love Nolan's reaction to but, 3D. He was just like, no. Cause, yeah, because he was him. right. What what's the fucking <laughs> point?
1: <laughs> um yeah, so yeah, I mean Nolan adamantly is IMAX all the way, mm-hmm. um and he seems to be one of the people that's on the forefront of yeah. Blockbuster technology. I mean, the only
0: little thing is when because there's not been a film yet that's been filmed fully in IMAX. No, you can tell like when in IMAX screen when the ratios, are, the, the screen ratios are changing, obviously yeah. a little bit, but that's a very minor point.
1: One thing I will say is, um, if IMAX is the future, what happens to all the smaller movies? I don't know. Um, which, you know, no. um, I really hope never get. Okay. You know um, should we quickly mention uh, D-Box? You can do it, I don't think there's anything to add for it. Um,
0: it's shit. It's a gimmick, there we go. <laughs> Done, moving seats in the cinema,
1: <laughs> don't need them. Yeah,
0: okay. I saw it Yeah, only once for Transformers 4, didn't yeah. have anything to experience at all. Okay, no. yeah,
1: but <laughs> right. cinema... Okay, this is something I wanted to just like mention. So cinema etiquette. So the weird mm. thing that like, because people don't go to the cinema often, mm. you can... So as someone who does go to the cinema pretty much at least twice a week, you can More really... More than that. <laughs> okay, fine, go, go on. Let's <laughs> say twice a week. Um, you can really tell when a film's popular because mm-hmm. then because the, like you, you get like so going to see a film like the love witch it's like nothing but like f- f- it's like 20 people mm-hmm. and everyone's just quiet and they also sort of, you got to see something in the, like beauty and the beast mm-hmm. and the screen is packed yeah. like like i'm starting going yep everyone around me There's like i can't this every seat is filled mm-hmm. and what's really obvious is that like when you're in someone like tiny and it's all the people who really really you know you've painted us you know you're obviously not you know, most you know, people who really like cinema, mm-hmm. it's just people quiet and watching a film. Yeah. But then you get people... But like you be the beast in like, my screening, there's people talking, people using their phones, like yeah. all the way through. So, you know, clearly these people... Like, clearly you haven't done your cinema much or you're just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, just let me watch the film. I don't yeah. want to hear you talking or see you using your phone. So just generally don't do that. But I do want to mention, do you reckon... People are increasingly less accustomed to using the cin- to
0: go to the cinema, and people are increasingly less polite in the cinema. Ooh, I don't know if, if it's been trending or something. I think people have all. Some people have always act, sometimes acted, not. so mm-hmm. I think maybe because obviously we've seen been cinema more often that we see it more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was reading that there's a cinema. Uh, I think you saw in America that wanted to add, in. in, in uh, wanted to have like text screens where you would be a lot of text when you're in when you're in the cinema. Mm. because young people complained that they were not asked to use their phones in the cinema oh, I don't know. and at that point I'm like oh come on really
0: have you ever seen someone get kicked out of cinema uh, no I have really yeah it's weird it's like it's just a group of teenagers and they were too loud and they got yeah. kicked out <laughs> yeah it so, well, was many years ago I, I was just in the screen <laughs> for a <laughs>
1: silent voice um, which, which, but it's a subtitle film subtitled at the bottom of the screen mm. and there's clearly the person and there's a packed screen of um for like anime fans, and you, know, you can always tell who the anime fans work, They all like references to like what to their fandoms yeah. and stuff. Um, but um, there's, there's a dude in front of us and he's watching the Aussie. You know, he, he didn't think, but he like put his arm up and like rested it on like, the back of his head, and I was oh. just sat there going, "What? I think what are you doing? I yeah. can't read the. like you're gonna do, like, you're gonna put your, like and he kept there for like five minutes, mm. and I realised I'm thinking, "What? Are you, like, I can't even read the subtitles now. Oh. Like, what? And certainly the guy was thinking, I was like, oh, come on, really? This is what you're going to do in a cinema? Yes. Like get, that, that, It's not even like rude, it's just to care if he didn't think. But I was going that's weird. Like yeah. I would never think of just doing that. Like, just resting, like, like leaving my arm in the air for quite a while, blocking the view for everyone behind me. But, mm. you know. Um, the other thing, of course, is what sort of cinema do you go to? Do you go to the big multiplex or do you go to the smaller ones?
0: Well, I personally go to the... Big because I with Odeon because I'm limitless yeah. and it's for free and if it's a film that um, I can't see in Odeon I will see it in a indie you know a picture house cinema uh, which we call Barfield Pizza which yeah. we go to. I
1: always advocate going for the smallest cinema if you can because small cinemas need need your help and small yeah. cinemas if without them you wouldn't get in many films released in the UK as you do. Yeah. Like a film like Elle or Tony Erdman, which are a great foreign film to be mentioned, or The Love Witch. Mm. These would only get released on something like Netflix if it wasn't for stuff like these cinemas. Mm. And whilst yay for that, but they might not even get released on those platforms, because they, if they'll get released in the cinemas in the UK, may, they might get no UK di- distribution at
0: all. Yeah. I and mean, um, they're also certainly a lot nicer, um, aesthet- aesthetically. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Barfield is a bit of a theatre yeah. vibe to it. Um, some of the London Curzon theatres also yeah. look really fancy. And I mean,
1: I mean, they have that very—they have an individual feeling to them. Mm. Uh, Multiplexes feel very generic. They—they they just yeah. feel like a. Well, it's just
0: car. Well, like worth like carbon. You know. Yeah, I mean all the
1: popcorn it popcorn. It's walk in and eat the consumerism. Yeah. Like there's nothing but just consumer commercial. Yeah. Everything is sold out. Hot
0: dogs, out. anyone? Yeah, all stuff.
1: it's all like that. Which is what's different in a smaller, in the, like cinemas, like, um... I mean, Little itself is part of a cinema chain, so, you know, it's not... It, um, but it's still a part of a cinema chain of purely small f- uh, purely small cinemas. Yeah. The big thing I will say is big movies, although I would generally say if you're paying for your ticket, uh, smaller cinema if you can, also be aware of them because they s- play a film which you might not see otherwise, um... Well, I suppose the, the oh, multiplexes oh, do have bigger screens. Bigger screens. So if if you if you want if your big screen matters, go multiplex. Always go multiplex for big screens. That's mm-hmm. what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's what matters for you, um, I personally find that you know they're big, but I don't always need big. I do find if I'm what if I'm if there's a big blockbuster that's really really big, I might I sometimes book for the screening in the biggest screen. Yeah, I try to do that, sometimes. but I'm not like so bothered about it. Um, obviously, yeah, I feel like we've pretty much covered everything we really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh, there is also this trend now of, like, theatre productions and operas, where yeah. they screen them live in the cinema as well. hmm Which
0: I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm... I'm half curious to to, to try it out, um... But, yeah, I... I'd rather go see a... If, if... I suppose it is... I mean, I suppose it's good in the sense that it opens... I assume it'll be a heck of a lot cheaper than...
1: Theatre yeah. and it mean,
0: does open it up to more people.
1: It's good for both cinema and theatre because they sell out generally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, because um, people want to go to the theatre, but obviously, theatre's a audible performance and it's mm. small. And also, well, no, like, you know, like you know, it's, there's less showings and it's difficult to get into a theatre performance. And also, people live far away from a the theatre quite often. Yeah. You know, cinemas are more widespread. So I get the appeal of it. Also, I suspect. Um, and it's good for the cinema, good for the theatre. Cinema does well out of them, theatre does well out of them. Yeah. I mean, I get why they exist. Personally, I'm slightly like, going, if I'm going to the cinema, I don't go to cinema, want to see a film. But if you like them, you like them. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, I I do find it amusing if people are going to see stuff like Shakespeare because I'm sat here going, you could just watch like a Shakespeare film, <laughs> or
0: like Shakespeare's not like exactly an obscure one. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm um, curious how those live things do. Do they just have? Do they change, do they have a few different camera angles? Or? You know, I that's no what clue. I'm curious about. If it just literally is one one camera and you watch it like a play. Yeah, but I've noticed they increasingly
1: show National Theatre live mm. and stuff like this. Which I guess, I mean, it's popular. Like, it always seems to sell out, so people like them. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be doing that anytime soon, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. Okay. But I, I think I, I think that's it. I feel like... The f- what's going to happen in the future is just less and less things will get shown in the cinema we're moving to a world where Marmos is going to be Netflix yeah. and internet based I mean indie films now get video on demand releases all the time they don't get cinema releases it's sad it is truly sad but that's the way the world's going the cinema's dying and in, in, in the internet is rising although Netflix do have a terrible terrible system for releasing movies just to mm. clarify um, I hate how they release uh, original films but you yeah. know mm.
0: how they do it yeah. Yeah, it's kinda of sad <laughs> to think about
1: it. But yeah. yeah, like it definitely is because you know, like films are always there to be seen in the cinema, almost always. But increasingly yeah. people don't I mean it, I mean it's convenience. People don't wanna to go to the cinema. People wanna stay at home, people wanna like how their home feels, and that's yeah. fine. I'm not I don't b anyone that does. But well, it's also money as well, yeah. is that? Yeah. I I get a why people don't want to go to the cinema and that's fine. Mm. Uh, I, I intend to. So I think we
0: don't realise it, because obviously we're on limitless. But when we have our friends go to I realise, you know, it's like ten quid for yeah. like one tick, and yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely you know an interesting mm. idea that cinema's going to die, because <laughs> it is, you know. Mm. I mean, audience numbers are down, have been down for years, and yeah. they're going down year on year. So you know, and the problem is, I don't believe. I do believe a part of that is that you know, films are worse or and also there's more access to films. People could stay at home like like you know, like we talk about the beauty and the beauty remake. People could just go home and watch Mm. you know, the original. You know. So so it is. I suspect that's my conclusion to
0: this area of topic. Okay. Um, I think this is a wrap up time. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening if you do uh,
1: letterbox descriptions in the description for who we are. Follow us. See what we Subscribe to iTunes, etc. Blah blah
0: blah blah. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Right, bye. bye.